Well, hello, hello. This is Above Average, the podcast for big families. I'm Lance Osborne, and I'm here with a lady who makes a guest appearance here on the show every now and then, my wonderful wife. Hello. Hey, Sarah. How are you? Good. Good. Well, thanks for carving out a little bit of time from your busy schedule to uh, (laughs) join us here on the podcast. I'm happy to. Yeah, especially because we're talking about something that's kind of in your zone a little bit, right? A little bit. Hey, we are talking about car seats. So we're going to go ahead and jump into the show because we've got a little bit of housekeeping and stuff to do before we get to the meat of the subject. But I do want to go ahead and say that we're aware that car seats is not the coolest topic in the world. It's not exciting. It's not glamorous. It's not amazing. We're not on the edge of our seats going, yeah, let's do this. This is great. Let's do it for the kids. But it's really important. I don't know. Sarah, you and I, we've talked about this and kind of the show prep. It's pretty relevant for big families, wouldn't you say? Yes, it's very relevant. There's a lot to keep track of and a lot of kids put in car seats. So it's worth talking about. Yeah, even if your family's already big, right? And we know who listens to the show. We know that most people have a few kids. Some people, they've got one or two. They're thinking about adding a few more. But I will say, if your family's already big, if you've already been through that that phase of life with the infant stuff and the toddler seats and the boosters and all that, you probably know a lot of this by heart. But I think, and you and I just talked about this right before we started the show, you know, a reminder can't hurt. It, it's good for you and I to walk through this. And we've done this a lot. Absolutely. And we're, we're in the throes of it right now because our big family is on the younger side of things. And me, I, I can speak for myself. I can't speak for you. But sometimes you get a little lax with things. You, you know, it's the fine details. They kind of rub you the wrong way. And it's like, does it really matter? I'm just going around the block. Does the kid have to be strapped in 100%? Can the wrong kid be in the wrong seat? Is that that big of a deal? And I think the answer is yes. And I say that begrudgingly because I'm the one who wants to naturally be a little bit more relaxed with this. I, I don't know. What do you What do you think about this? I, I guess the broader importance of talking about this car seat stuff. Knowing that every time my kids get in the car, there is a risk of something happening. Most wrecks happen within a mile or two from your home. And so while in the back of my head, I'm thinking, oh, it's not a big deal. Just like Lance said, sometimes you want to just toss them in the car and go because it's a pain to get everybody buckled in. It is still a big deal. The one fender bender we did have was what a mile from our house a couple of years ago and so i mean we hadn't made it very far we weren't even going that far but it was a good thing everybody was buckled in because we got rear-ended and everybody was fine but it's just a little reminder here and there to try and keep up even though it's just one more thing to keep up with right right i forgot all about that we were at a stoplight Mm -hmm. and we were actually stopped we were on the way to the zoo and pop we got we got hit from from the backside and since I was in the driver's seat, I immediately thought, oh, I hope the kids are okay. And it did cross my mind kind of simultaneously. I hope the kids are buckled. I hope everybody wasn't messing around in the back seat. You know, let's let's pray in this split second that everything is good. And fortunately, it was in that case. But the thought went through my head. It, it did cross my mind. What's the car seat status here? Right, because we've had kids in phases here and there where they unbuckle when they're not supposed to. And so it happens. There you go. So that's a little bit on the why for this episode, you know, you, the uh, we haven't yet titled the show yet. I don't know. We're gonna have to come up with something to make it more interesting. It can't be the car seat episode because people will go, "Nope, woohoo, I'm out." No, you know, you don't think that'll top your charts no, with that title? But I think talking about some of this stuff, and but you and I, we had this conversation last night. We talked about all these people 
there's like the car seat lady and there are car seat forums and people are really into this information. We're not going to get that granular with it because it is more of our purpose to talk about the big family aspect instead of trying to create a forum just for car seat stuff. Right. But just so you know, there are people that are really passionate about this topic and we'll link to some of those resources from our show notes page for this. But anyway, that's the reason that we're talking about it. It is important. And obviously we all love our kids. We love all of our kids and we've got to take care of them any way we can. And just doing the car seat stuff, that's one way that we can do just a little bit. It doesn't take a lot to actually have a giant impact if something were to happen. Correct. So two things before we jump in. Like I said, we had a little bit of housekeeping to do. One is really cool. Let's start the show off right. We're going to do a giveaway. Have you heard of the Buckle Bopper? It's a really neat little tool, doohickey, um, that, <laughs> that helps you or <clears throat> your older kids unbuckle car seats. We all know how those things can be super tricky. It's in between their legs and it's hard to like wrap your hand around it and get your thumb to hit the thing at just the right time, especially if they're buckled in safely and securely. Like it's kind of tight. So this is a little tool that helps you do that. And actually, well, anyway, we'll talk more about the buckle bopper in a few minutes. It's really cool. But we are super stoked to be able to give a few away to you, our listeners. To win one, check this out. If you want to win a Buckle Bopper, follow us on Instagram and Facebook. All you have to do is find the Buckle Bopper post where we're talking about this. Go tag a friend and you will be entered to win. There's no shipping charges. There's no way we're like selling your information or anything weird like that. Again, all you have to do, go to that post, tag a friend, you're entered, and we'll pick a few winners at random. It's that easy. To find us on Facebook and Instagram, go to aboveaverageshow.com slash Facebook or aboveaverageshow.com slash Instagram. It's really that simple. And for more details, like I said, you can visit the show notes page for this episode. All that information will be at aboveaverageshow.com slash 34 because that is episode 34. That's what this is, the car seat stuff. Anyway, the second thing that I was going to mention before we really dig into the meat of this episode is what I love about doing this show in particular with my wife is that she talks about car seat safety as part of her job. She's really familiar with this, much more so than I am. Um, Sarah, explain that a little bit. So I'm a pediatric nurse practitioner, and a big part of what I do is checkups for kids of all ages. At the end of every checkup, we talk about what you need to know between now and your next checkup. And car seat safety is a big part of that because it's a part of safety in general. We talk about putting the poison control number on the fridge and baby proofing and things like that. And so, of course, car seat safety comes up. And what better time to do it when we just weighed and measured your child's height and weight. And now you know what the measurements are. And you can take that and look and see if you've got the right car seat for those measurements that you now know. There you go. So let's jump in. I guess the first thing that we would want to say, we want to talk about some of these guidelines, some basic safety reminders. Again, this is not the most exciting topic in the world, but some of these stats are really fascinating. They kind of blew my mind. Check this one out. Seven out of 10 children, so 70% of children riding around in vehicles are improperly restrained, even though 96% of parents think their children are correctly restrained. I'm going to say that again. 70% of children are improperly restrained, and 96% of parents think that their children are properly restrained. So a lot of people are really, really wrong about this. So like I mentioned earlier, even though this is old hat for a lot of us with the bigger families who have already done this stuff, there are still a ton of us not doing it right. So even if you're, you know, you're, you're rocking it, your kids are those 30% who are always buckled in and buckled in properly. Keep that stat in mind if you're having discussions with other parents that they may not be doing it right. 
And to some of us, especially the dads, we're probably thinking about how much more relaxed the laws were and our own parents were (laughs) when we were growing up. Anytime I've discussed car seat stuff with parents, not that it comes up all the time, but anytime I do, it seems like everybody's telling that story. They're, they're, somebody will always chime in with, when I was younger, we sat up in the front dash and we didn't have a seatbelt on at all. And we were going cross country in the snow. And da, 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 da. It, It's a funny thought, right? And I think I did it to a certain extent. But it's funny only until you hear another horror story about a kid becoming critically injured or killed in an accident that was preventable. Anyway, so for some guidelines, over to you, Sarah. So let's talk a little bit about the different car seats that you're going to use over the years. The first one that you're going to use is the infant car seat. That's rated for a baby 5 pounds up to 22 pounds minimum usually or up to 40 pounds maximum. And 35 inches is one of the bigger ones that is common. It's going to rear face always, and you don't ever want that in the front seat with an airbag in particular. And then you want that baby to rear face until they're at least two years old. So that takes you into your next car seat, which will also be a rear facing car seat, five point harness. Some kids can go from that infant car seat if they made it up to the to the 40 pounds in that one to a front facing car seat, but usually not. Usually you're not going to have your your one and a half or two year old in a front facing car seat yet. So look for a convertible car seat that will rear face for a little bit longer. And then you're going to take that same car seat and turn it around and front face. You want to have a five point harness car seat for this one that has a high weight limit so that you can keep them in that five point harness as long as possible. Hey, shout Um, out to the dads real quick. Even though it's called a convertible car seat, it doesn't mean that it's for convertibles. It's a it's a convertible. You're not going to pull the top down on the car seat? No, no, that's not the way that works. It's convertible because it's for both front-facing and rear-facing, right? Correct. Do I have that right? Correct. So that's going to be, and the five-point harness is the harness that comes over their shoulders. It clips at the chest, and it clips down at their waist, you know, in between their legs. You want them in that as long as possible. That is the safest way for them to ride besides that rear-facing infant position to still be strapped all the way in before you put them into a shoulder strap. So remember to always have the straps snug once the child is buckled in. You don't want any puffy or bulky coats underneath there because then that creates a space between the child and the restraint and the straps. And you want to be able to to have that strap snug against the child. You want to be able to try and pinch the, the strap together and not have any extra strap. So you can imagine if you've got a coat up underneath there, the extra space in there would cause a problem. So you want to just put the coat on top of the child so that you don't have that extra space in there. So that's that's interesting that you mentioned that. I've seen something come across Facebook recently. Uh, wasn't there a, a crash test video or something like that that showed the kid actually slipping out of the car seat? Is yeah. that what this is related to? That's was exactly that, was what that's related to. Okay. Yeah. Remind me and I'll put that on the show notes for this. It, okay. Like the actual video itself, we'll put yeah. that on there. So you can go check that out if that didn't um, hit your circle. Also, you mentioned the five-point harness thing. Explain why that is so much safer and why that's such a bigger deal than just your standard shoulder seatbelt, right? Like there, there's got to be a reason that car seats have that five-point harness and why we should use that and why it's so important to use it for so long, even though we might be comfortable with putting our kid in a booster seat. And we'll get to the booster seat stuff here in a second. But first, talk about that five-point harness. So similar to 
if your car seat is too loose and your child is sliding out of it, the same way if your child is too small for the over the shoulder belt, they can slide right out of that shoulder belt because they're too small for it. The five point harness is much more secure holding you into your car, into your car seat in the event of a wreck for a child. And for that same reason, and I actually looked it up because I, I remember talking to somebody about this once upon a time or something, race car drivers actually use a five-point harness. And I was like, I wonder, you know, is that is that a mandate? What is, what's the deal with that? NASCAR actually mandates it and have for a long time that their drivers have to use this five-point harness. So it's the same thing. Now they're going much, much faster than you and I are just driving through our neighborhood or whatever. But I guess kind of relative to the impact on their body at those higher speeds is probably what it could do to an infant or a toddler. And hence the rationale for the five point harness being necessary for them and not necessarily for us. Yeah, I mean, it's much safer no matter what, but it's just like the rear facing thing, even though it would be safer for you and I to rear face in the car at some point, it's slightly less impractical. And so you go with laws and whatever is safe enough until the robot cars get here (laughs) maybe we'll all be in five point harnesses one day it's gonna happen happen. (laughs) so the next car seat that you're gonna look for is a booster seat and similar to what we were just talking about you want the right car seat for that child too they need to be at least 40 pounds and that's usually going to be your four or five year olds and up to four feet nine they don't get out of the booster seat until they're at least four foot nine inches it's safest if you get the high back booster seat that has that belt path that that helps guide the shoulder belt over the shoulder. The biggest thing that you're going to look for here is to make sure that that belt does not go across their neck. So that's what happens in a child that is shorter than four foot nine is that without that shoulder path the or without the booster, the shoulder belt will go across their neck and not across their shoulder. The other thing that they have found is that even in some of the taller kids where the belt does go over their shoulder and not across their neck, but without the high back booster, is that in a crash, they go flying forward and actually slide out of that seat belt. So you really do want the high back booster that holds it closer to the top of a child's shoulder, even if the belt path without the high back booster is going over their shoulder, it's still safer to have that higher back mm. on there. They can do no seat if they're four foot nine and taller. But again, make sure that your car in particular, because some of those belts move up and down, move it up and down so that it is going to go across their shoulder. And then they need to be in the back seat of the car until they're at least 13 years old. So 12 years and under, sorry, you're stuck in the back seat. All right. So let's recap this real quick. So for an infant, five to 22 pounds, that's the kind of the baby bucket, right? Right. It's the infant seat. Maybe up to 40 pounds. You got to check your car seat. Gotcha. And then next you move into the convertible seat. So rear facing until two and then flip it around becomes front facing. And then when they become school age, four or five, you're in the booster seat, preferably high back booster. And then they're in that for a long time is what this sounds like before they move to no seat. So 12 and under. No, say it again. What is it? The high back until? The high back until they're four feet nine. Gotcha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay. So you might have some older kids who just happen to be on the shorter side right. and they still need to be in a high back right. booster. And if you have a five point harness that has one of those higher weight limits, some of them go up to like 65 pounds or so. So our five-year-old is actually still in a five point harness because even though she could be weight wise in a high back booster, it's still a lot safer for her to be in the five point harness. Gotcha. There's a lot of ground that we just covered there. Yes. And we could also talk about anchors and tethers and all that stuff. There's so much there. We're not getting that granular here. 
But I do want you to touch on one more point, maybe go a little bit deeper, Sarah. Let's talk about the under two years old thing. That's been a debate that you and I, like we fought tooth and nail over this. That's been a, come on, it was an ugly conversation eight years ago. (laughs) So jump into that a little bit more about the, how important it is to keep your kid, even if they're 22 months to keep them rear facing, even though it seems really uncomfortable either for them or you or whatever. Tell me more about that. Well, it's, so much safer, so much safer for their head and neck. Um, children under two, their bones have not really fused and hardened the way they have in an adult or even an older child. So if you were to get in a car accident with your under two-year-old, the whiplash effect that would give you a severe neck ache could actually break your child's neck. It's very catastrophic for a child at that age. It causes a lot more damage. So... If they're rear-facing when you have that same accident, they are supported by that car seat. So when you can imagine when their head flies backwards towards the car seat, it is supported instead of going forward and totally causing a lot of damage to their neck. It is five times safer. That's 500% safer when you're in a car accident with a rear-facing child than if you were in a front-facing car seat, according to Prevention Magazine. And some people even advise rear-facing until age four. So the minimum is age two, longer, as long as possible. As long as you can keep them rear-facing, that is the safest. It's fine for their knees. It looks uncomfortable, but they're not going to break their knees. All the impact is going the other direction. Um, And most kids, if you notice, they sit Indian style anyway. They don't care where their legs are. Yeah, yeah. And for the record, this is not Sarah just rattling off stats that she learned while she was getting her degree or anything like that. She's actually echoing what the AAP, and if you talk to your pediatrician, they're very familiar with the AAP. And that's the... American American Academy of Pediatrics. Okay. I'm so used to the the acronym or the initialism or whatever, the AEP. So that's the AEP's recommendation. And for some reason, it's not the law, except in three states. There are three states that require children younger than two be in a rear-facing seat and actually rear-facing. Those three states are California, New Jersey, and Oklahoma. And some of those laws are pretty new, too. So if you're in one of those states, keep that in mind that this it's not really even a, a legal option for you. It's not some kind of comfort battle that you have to fight. And, you know, you hear the stats about how much safer it is to be rear facing and then you still make that decision. Well, in some states and probably this is something that's going in that direction anyway. Right. Is what yeah, it sounds like. It All the stats are backing up the importance of rear facing until two. All right. Let's move on. So our setup, just so you know where we're coming from, um, if this is this probably is not the first time that you're listening to the show, if you're this deep into it, but uh, Sarah and I, we have five children, and our main grocery getter, our main van around town, is a Chrysler Town and Country. It seats five kids, so Sarah and I are up front, and then we've got two captain's chairs, and then a bench in the back. So our eight-year-old, five-year-old, and four-year-old are in the back, and the two-year-old and seven-month-old are in the captain's chairs. We are maxed out in this van. And we had to do all kinds of finagling. We had to make sure that we got the right car seat so that it was narrow enough to be able to make it happen in the back seat. We'll talk about that in a second. If you want to know more about buying vehicles and buying just finding the right ride for your crew. So if you're going from a smaller car 
to a minivan because you're going from like two or three kids to three or four kids or more. Or if you're going from the minivan to the next step up, then you need to go back and listen to episode one. You can do that at aboveaverageshow.com slash one. That's exactly what that episode is all about, finding the right ride for you. Anyway, let's talk about three across. Take it, Sarah. So the only way to make it work in our car seat world, in our back seat, was to find a more narrow car seat. Um, we have three in the back. We've got two five-point harnesses and a high-back booster. We had to find something narrow enough to fit back there. So we ended up finding a Diano Radian, which is not necessarily one of the cheaper ones on the no, market, unfortunately. <laughs> but it was one this of the is, only This things- is not your, your big lots or your Walmart car seat. Hey, we've got our share of those. We're actually still using those, aren't we? Like the $30 or $40 yeah, jobbers? Yeah, absolutely. Because they're safe. They're not the safest in the world, but they're safe enough. They're certainly legal and all that. But... Uh, we are we're very budget conscious, and right. in our case, it was okay. Are we buying a different vehicle, or are we buying this ridiculously expensive car seat? Guess which one won out. <laughs> Pretty much, and price doesn't necessarily dictate safety. There are some other creature features that are kind of nice, and some things that make it a little easier. And some of the more expensive car seats, like the cup holder on that Diano, is fancy, man. Is that's, that's where it's at. Unfortunately, it also weighs like fifty pounds. <laughs> Have you moved to that thing? That is not uh, a creature comfort. No, that is not. Increase your comfort, but it's nice and soft. It's easy to wash. I don't know. There's lots of things like that. So that is what Mary sits in, and it does have the front, the high front facing weight limit, and it will also convert to a high back booster when we're done with the five point harness part. Um, Katie Beth is in a Graco high back booster, just a simple one, and it takes that across her shoulder the way it's supposed to. We did have to take one of the arms off of it so that it would fit in there, just quite oh, right. right. I it's a, about that. Like I said, it's a big game of Tetris. And then Luke is in a uh, Britex roundabout, which was actually a hand-me-down from a cousin. It's not too old yet, but we got to watch that one for the expiration date. And between those, which is something them asinine over. to me, I, I understand. And if the car seat lady is listening to the show, she's like, "Of course, it's got an expiration date because X, Y, Z." And she could probably rattle it's off all the mold. Sides. Well, that's kind of what I'm thinking. <laughs> it's it's going to spoil. It's going to go bad in the fridge. And by the way, another thing, another tangent on that, we won't get into it. If your car seat has been in a wreck, then it's you probably need to it has replace to be it. Replaced. Yeah. If Mild it depends on the wreck. So we mentioned our fender bender earlier. We actually called and talked to our insurance company about it because there were some things that we had to have repaired on the van at the time. And we said, is this something that, like, do we need to have these car seats replaced? And if so, does insurance cover that? And our insurance company said, depends on the severity of the wreck. In your case, no. So that was kind of the, the line for us that said, okay, well, the car seats are good enough. It wasn't a giant jolt, by the way. Had it been, though, had it been something where somebody got injured, God forbid, or whatever, our insurance company actually would have bought us new car seats. So keep that in mind, too. Okay, so back to our setup, back to our situation. The last thing about it is that we intentionally put the big kids in the back. And we did that so that they can, for the most part, buckle and unbuckle themselves. It's not always possible to be able to do this, though, with your above-average family. If you've got twins or triplets or just the way your kids are spaced, you might end up with one of the smaller ones back there. At the very least, maybe put one of your older kids with them so that they can help and you're not always climbing in the back of the van, you or your spouse or whatever. It gets it gets hairy to do that. And especially, and let, let's talk about another setup, the, I think, is it the Toyota Sienna that can seat actually mm-hmm. six kids so it doesn't yeah. have the captain's chairs. It's got two bench seats. Other vans might be set up like that too. But if you end up in a situation where you've got six kids that you're hauling around in the van, 
it would be really challenging to end up with a kid that you've got to help out a lot in the far back seat, right? Climbing over kids, climbing over stuff, whatever. So anyway, that's why we've set it up the way that we have. And it's, it's safe, it's effective. But that brings us to the next thing. Getting the bigger kids to help is cool. But when the bigger kids aren't around, let's go back to what we mentioned earlier, the buckle bopper. So Sarah and I, when was this? How long ago? Six months? When Mary, who just turned five, was having a hard time unbuckling herself. She could do it, but she just needed a little bit of an extra boost, no pun intended. I think she just needed the confidence game. She needed, I don't know what it was. It was really hard, though, to unbuckle that thing, to wrap her little hand around it and push. And we didn't want to reach back there every time, especially because Luke, who is 14 months younger than Mary... He is right on her heels developmentally and everything, so he can't do it yet either. But it, wouldn't it be nice, wouldn't it be super nice if Mary could do it and then help out Luke for when Katie Beth's at school or whatever, when it's just them, them two uh, way back there. So I went to Sarah and I said, I've got a great idea. We need to invent something. We need to come up with a mechanism or something that helps the kids unbuckle. And right. I didn't know what that looked like. Because I think I was like eight months pregnant. Like climbing back there was just not an option. <laughs> so yeah, that would have been April We're or like, May. We're like, we have so. to. Necessity is the mother of invention, right? Yes. And in this case, necessity had already had that baby. And the Buckle Bopper is a product that has existed for a while. It didn't take much Googling for me to find this product. It's on Amazon. And if you're a prime junkie, you can have it on your doorstep in two days. I'm wanting to say it's like 13 bucks. But I was fascinated by this. So we got one, gave it to Mary, and she is so proud of her Buckle Bopper. She likes to bop her buckle, as she said. Maybe maybe that's a show title. Maybe we can talk about bopping yeah, the buckle. Yeah, that's a good one. I don't know. We'll see. But she's very proud. She knows that it's hers because it not only helps her get out, but then she goes around and she unbuckles Luke. So I was really intrigued by this thing. I thought it was really cool. And then, of course, I put together the connection of, ooh, we can do the car seat show on Above Average and talk about the buckle bopper. Right. So me being me, because I like to reach out to people in these situations, I found the uh, found the company, went to their website and emailed them and said, hey, here's what's going on. Here's Above Average. We'd like to talk about your product. Do you Can we work together on this? So I ended up talking to Marlene Robinson, who is the mama and the inventor of the Buckle Bopper. She was so cool to talk to, so fun to talk to. And she said, I would love to be involved. Let's give away a few. So that's what we're doing on this. So there's there's no cost to you. There's no cost to me from the above average side. Uh, Marlene is handling this. It's super kind of her, super sweet. So check it out. Go to bucklebopper.com, or like I said, you can check it out on Amazon and look into it a little bit more. Like I said, we're giving a few away. And the way that we're going to do it, if you missed it from earlier in the show, is um, on Instagram and on Facebook, we're going to do a post. Probably, let's do a picture of Mary holding her buckle bopper. That'd be good. So Mary, our five-year-old in the car seat, she's <laughs> super cute. put her with her graduated uh, car seat boot camp like certificate. <laughs> <laughs> she has been there and done that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, let's do a picture of Mary holding her buckle bopper. And on that, we'll mention that we're doing our giveaway. And tag a friend on that. Let them know about above average and I don't know, multiple entries. Let's do something like that. You know, tag as many people as you want to. And, uh, each entry will count. We'll pick somebody at random from both Instagram and Facebook. We've got a few to give away. So anyway, thanks to Marlene and her team for sharing a few buckle boppers for this. I do have to say that in speaking with Marlene, she had a great idea. The, the, the impetus for inventing the buckle bopper was more for people who like have arthritis. Mm. So grandparents who have a hard time getting the kid in and out of the car seat. And that's awesome. That's great. 
I do have to say that it wasn't intended for the case that we're talking about where we're like, how do we get our four-year-old to unbuckle herself? Did we hack the buckle buckle bopper? We kind of hacked it. So I don't think Marlene is going to be advertising the buckle bopper for this use. But I will say, if you've got a four-year-old stuck in the back and developmentally, he or she is ready to do that and responsible enough so that she's not just going to unbuckle themselves, you know, while you're riding around town, right? You know, that's, that's a huge deal. But developmentally, if they're ready and they just can't physically unbuckle their car seat and you would like them to be able to and they would like to be able to then it might be might be worth checking out so even if you don't win one go look into the buckle bopper that's all i got again follow us on instagram and on facebook for a chance to win you can just go to aboveaveragesho.com slash facebook it'll point you there go to aboveaveragesho.com slash instagram it'll point you there uh, i guess last thing sarah you got any final thoughts or final words on this again thanks for your time thanks for for making this happen you're you're a busy mama just like all <laughs> these mamas who are listening to the show and busy dads who are listening to the show above average isn't your baby so for you to to take a little bit of time to jump in on this that's cool of you i enjoy hopping in i hope it's been helpful well thank you thank you thank you thank you i'm sure it has been um if you enjoyed the show please share it with a friend and again don't forget about our giveaway with the buckle bopper thing um it, please do share it with a friend on facebook or instagram or just point somebody to aboveaveragesho.com we'd also love to hear your feedback over at aboveaveragesho.com again there's a way that you can just click on the contact button and let us know what's going on or hit us up on social media, any of that stuff. If this is your first time listening, thank you so much. We really do appreciate it. Um, go back and listen to some of our other shows. Sometimes we're talking about basic stuff like this. Sometimes we are interviewing either personality experts or other people who are doing amazing things and they happen to have a big family. There's no standard template for an above average episode. It, it's all over the place. So go check out some other shows. But I think that's about it for this one. Thank you for listening and thank you for being above average. We'll see y'all next time. Bye-bye.